Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Bears. We have a fantastic guest coming for you in about 30 seconds. But first, got to talk about our sponsor, BetOnline.ag. Now, look, BetOnline, it's your number one source for all your sports betting needs, where you get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. So what are you waiting for? Head to the website and use your mobile device to sign up today. Get in on the action. Only when you use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, you will then receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That is with promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, BetOnline, where the game starts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming back into Believe in Bears. Training camp is right around the corner, so I thought we'd bring on a Hall of Fame guest here today to show us on here on Sports Talk Chicago, also being featured here with the show today. This gentleman coming up right now, his guest, our guest is an Emmy Award-winning Chicago sports personality whose work has made him one of the most important Chicago sports voices of the last four decades. I don't know, from CBS, 670, The Score, Chicago, Comcast, Sportsnet, Chicago, among other stops. His legendary career will now be featured in a project that is releasing today, Raging Mouth. You have to go ahead and check that out. We're going to talk a little bit about that with a man who is a one of one and the one of only. It's Mike North. What's up, Mike? What's up, Joe? It's good to talk to you, my friend. Such a pleasure to have you on the show. Um, I've been a follower, listener for a very long time. Thank I'm you. excited to have you on. So. I thought we'd bring you on maybe just before training camp for the Chicago Bears gets right around the corner. Um, yeah, you've seen it all. Before we get Anjana. Before yeah, I was going to say. Anjana, maybe. Uh, oh, you know, I mean, you know it, it's it's a perfect time to come on. I appreciate you having me on with my release of Raging Mouth today and also uh, with the Bears stuff. I, I noticed the name of your show. Uh, you know, you got everything wrapped up on the Chicago Bears, which is a dangerous thing sometimes, and sometimes it's not. But the Bears, I mean, I grew up loving the Bears. Uh, from the time I, I was in the cradle. So, uh, you know what? At times I can be a little bit tough on them, but uh, the love has been there. I mean, they they were my first love. I mean, basically, uh, you know, before, uh, you know, many other things, sports, and, and the Chicago Bears are at the top of the list. Which is why I think it's such a perfect uh, time to bring you on here to provide your perspective. You've seen so many different seasons. You've mm -hmm. answered so many different questions of, what is your expectation for training camp this year? Does something feel a little bit different this year with this particular Bears team? Now, I look, they're not competing for a Super Bowl, but we do maybe possibly have a quarterback in town. What is your expectation heading into training camp for the Chicago Bears? I, I think it's 50-50, Joe. I, I 50 you know, percent. Hey, good. Surprise me. I think that Justin Fields is on an eight-game track here. I think the first eight games for Justin Field, Fields are the most important. For him, I think if they get off to a two and six start, I don't think the press will be able to uh, glaze over the fact that some of this will be actually the quarterback's fault because he escapes a lot of criticism for a quarterback that has that kind of record, uh, who's lost nine in a row. Uh, I just think that people, you know, are looking through everything with rose colored glasses. That being said, if he starts out two and six, we got a problem. And if he starts out six and two, we got a godsend. So it's 50-50 with me. Are the, are the Bears going to be one of those surprise teams? Every year, five, six different teams make the playoffs the year before. It's the division made of. Not so, you know, 
We got to be careful with that because we thought the White Sox division would be ours for the taking because of the simplest of the divisions. We think, or I think this division could be taken because Aaron Rodgers, number one, is out of it. I mean, that that takes that guy out of everybody's head, and he was in the Bears' head for sure. So we got an excellent opportunity here. I think the proof's going to be in the pudding when they start the season. I love that you mentioned the career record because it's something that I've been trying to harp on a little bit with Bears fans where as it stands right now, if I'm incorrect, I believe Justin Fields right now is 5-21 and 21 as a career starter. And look, I think we can make all the excuses for the Matt Nagy. He's young, no offensive line, pick your poison, whatever it is. But the optics of that, if they don't come out and win some ball games this year, that's going to start to get really difficult in just terms of the object, uh, the optics of his trajectory of his career. So for you personally, Mike, you know, we, we like to hammer on, can Justin Fields throw? Can Justin Fields win? You know, so what, what does it look like for you that's going to start giving you confidence that this maybe is a guy that we can hang our hat on for the next several years and maybe ride into Arlington Heights? Is, is it the arm or is it more just winning football? Win some gotta, football he's games. Gotta, he's got to show us he can win a game. He's got to show us that. I mean, you know, somebody said, can they win the NFC North? I said, I'd like to see him win a game or two in a row. We have, I mean, that would be nice. Uh, getting a free pass because most of the media in this town wanted Mitch out. And then we've had this procession of nonsense, really, since Cutler. Mitch was the only winner we had. And, and they had a hell of a team, too. Um, so the people that are writing about him and telling them or telling us how he's going to be all that are the people that wanted Mitch out and the people that wanted Cutler, Foles, Glennon, Dalton. Same people. <laughs> I mean, I think if you're wrong on fields, and I know people in this town that write and talk that have been wrong about four or five of the Bear quarterbacks already. Foles was going to lead us. Glennon was going to lead us. Dalton's going to be all that. Fields is a monster. We can go down the line. Cutler was 57 and 57, and the same people praising Fields or thinking he's going to be all that were the same people that wanted Cutler and boosted him to an eight-year deal, $118 million for a 57 and 57 record. So I want everybody to slow down. The rest of the team's got to be better around them. But the fact that you brought up the offensive line, Joe Burrows has one of the worst offensive lines in football. Yep. So so do two. I, I I could sit here and name four or five other teams that have worse lines, including Cincinnati and a couple other top teams that the quarterback overcame it. And time, the fact that Justin Fields against Washington overthrew the guy in the end zone, that was the one that we needed. It spiraled from then. He's got to prove he can take a team if he's going to be the franchise quarterback and almost will it. I, I think he kills himself to try to win. I was mad they sat him the last game of the season. I thought he should have been able to break the rushing record, give Bear fans some hope, put him in the Hall of Fame as far as the spikes and everything, and they sit him. They let him kill himself for, for, for nine weeks in a row, and they sit him when he's got a chance to break the record. The Bears always do things like this, so let's just hope everything works out. But the offensive line, there's quarterbacks that are overcoming those things every week, and they win football games. 
Yeah, and I, I think his processing when he plants that back right foot oh. has to make a decision throwing the football. That has nothing to do with the offensive line, right? That has God. everything to do with decision making and letting you know letting the the bullet come out of the cannon on that one. That's it. So you, you you mentioned you mentioned Joe Burrow, which I find to be so fascinating, and I want to get your perspective because right. you, you, you've seen you've seen a lot when it comes to mm-hmm. Chicago Bears fans specifically. I know that you mentioned some people, you know, some journalists and some people that write editorials. Yeah, I almost sort of feel like I try and stop myself and humble myself that I think Bears fans are incredibly intelligent. We're incredibly passionate. We love our football so much. But do we understand the quarterback position? You know, I always feel like I feel like the Bears fans, we have a blind spot, right? Of we, we, we think we feel. But do we actually know because we've never seen it before? Is, is it an, a fair assessment that maybe, you know, we, we, we buy into these guys? A little too much. Good Rex, bad Rex. Jay Cutler over and over again because maybe we've just never seen it before. I just don't understand why Cutler was given more rope than Trubisky. I don't understand yeah. that. I don't understand why all these other quarterbacks were wanted over Trubisky. Um, but then I see Jimmy Garoppolo taking heat, and he's been to a Super Bowl and been to the uh, NFC Finals. Oh, can we do it with Jimmy Garoppolo? I mean... And then I hear people telling me Kyler Murray is going to be all this and all that. Who's going to, by the way, be uh, facing some scrutiny because he was a lot like Mitch drafted in the same draft as, as uh, the Bengal quarterback and some other very good quarterbacks. So if he doesn't get it done, my, you know, they're going to start taking some heat. Look, I want Justin, I want to see the bears win. I just think that, and I think that uh, polls is going to, have some explaining to do. He's the guy that took somebody else's quarterback, Justin Fields, and said, yeah, that was the right pick. So this is two regimes that think this is the right pick. And if it doesn't work out, they'll be under the gun already. Uh, they they decided this is what they wanted to do. I still think there's uh, some meddling from the ownership and stuff like that. Uh, but, you know, the rest of the team, they seem to be working hard. Uh, you're hearing a lot of positive reports, uh, off-season workouts, Cole Komet, Mooney. I think we got a, a pretty good nucleus, but we're going to hear if things don't go right, the offensive line's not this. I think the defense is the most important part of this football equation. I think that uh, we're not even talking about that. All our concentration's on, on the offense, and uh, I think it should be on the defense. As far as Bear fans being smart, they're too passionate. And they don't take, uh, I mean, over the top. And I was there. I was there. Ball washers. I mean, every bear is going to be great. Everybody wants to play for us. I mean, you know, know, this is going to work. Nothing's really worked. The only guy that's really worked is Trubisky since Cutler. That's the funny thing. And people are going to say, well, wait a minute. They had a defense. Well, so what? So so does Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee. And so you could be, the problem with Trubisky was, He didn't do what Mahomes did. But if you remember, Joe, nobody, I'm here to tell you, I was here. Nobody was yelling, let's take Mahomes with the second pick. Nobody. It was Watson. Nobody. It could have been Watson, right? I mean, I wanted Watson. I thought it was was going to be Watson, but no one sat there and was like, they're taking the Texas Tech hit. No one. So Trubisky's the the, really the, the, he's paying the price for not Mm. being Mahomes. And and it's it was unfair. We made the playoffs two out of four years, so he was right for this team because the team was good. But then they started breaking everything up. And now, if one, people want to tell me things are better now, I want to know how. 
<laughs> well, I want to get to the defense in a second, but is yeah. it fair to say that 2018 Mitch Trubisky put up the best quarterback season of the 21st century in Bears? Absolutely. He's as good as Cutler was. I don't care what numbers Cutler put up. Cutler couldn't win. Cutler played in one yeah. playoff game. Mitch Trubisky did a great job for the Bears. He busted his ass. Nagy's gone uh, and didn't want to really deal with them. I, I, Mitch wanted to meet him. He didn't want to meet. Who doesn't want to meet with your quarterback? So I think there was a lot of stuff there. I think, but Mitch has got a lot to prove now too. I think that uh, him being pulled in a 10 to six game last year at halftime was the same thing that happened to him with the Bears. And that turned out to be a disaster. Now I hear Pittsburgh's looking to him again. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, and he's always got the comp to Alex Smith, and his career trajectory is going exactly how Alex Smith did, right? Exactly. So Flamed we'll out in San Francisco, maybe four or five years. He's got a, you know. Hey, you... The biggest game for the Bears, but it might, I mean, what happens if Jordan Love lights it up? And, you yeah. know, and he was sitting there, and we're all expecting this Justin Fields to, to do. To, uh, I'm really not. I have no false hopes. I basically want him to show me now. Yeah. Because I already made my, when you criticize Justin Fields, the typical people, oh, you don't like him, or you're this, or you're that. No, I've seen every bear quarterback since Larry Rakestraw, Gary Huff. I mean, just bad quarterbacking. Justin Fields got one thing going for him. He can run. Now, can he pass accurately? Yeah, and I'm I'm from the world of Henry Burris, so you know what I mean. I, I we've seen we've seen a lot in this town. I want to move it over to the defense. We're talking here sure. with uh, legendary sports uh, sportscaster uh, Mike North here on Believe in Bears here on Sports Talk Chicago. In terms of the defense, I you know I, I I like the secondary. They made a lot of moves at the linebacker position. Of course, again, we're still looking at that defensive line, and are they going to get pass rush? More importantly, are they going to stop anybody in the run? Because Justin Fields will never have the ball in his hands if they can't get off the field on third and five. Can is there any connective tissue? Year two with Eberflus, in my opinion, where I think we're focusing a lot on the quarterback. We're focusing a lot on the general manager building the team up. Um, is it fair to start asking a little bit more from Matt Eberflus to give us maybe more of a schematic advantage to have maybe they, coach us into some wins? I think they had a honeymoon last year and they deservedly needed a honeymoon. They were coming in a tough situation. Uh, so, you know what? We're going to see what they're going to do. The troubling thing is I, I grew up knowing that that you need uh, the bodies in the trenches. You need the offensive line, the defensive line, and to hear you in the first 10 minutes talk, Joe, to be honest with you, uh, you've said, well, you know, the defensive line is going to be a problem. The offensive line is going to be a problem. Well, that's the problem. The defensive and offensive line, we're going to have a problem. Trouble. Trouble. I mean, we're in trouble. I mean, because you got to give your quarterback time to pass. But if you're on defense, you got to get to the quarterback. And if we can't get to the quarterback and stop the run, you know, I looked at the over-under for seven. I'm not going to even do anything with that. Maybe mm. if it's seven. And they exceed that. I guess we're going to be happy, no doubt. Um, uh, and if we do do that, it's going to be have to be because of turnovers and the defense getting better. And we just don't know. And losing Rokon Smith at 26 years of age, whether you wanted to pay him or not, was a tough blow because he went over to another defense and solidified it, the Ravens. So um, you, you hate to lose young talent on that side of the ball. Uh, they didn't want to pay him that kind of money, uh, which is so, I've heard that for decades. We don't want to pay him. We don't want to pay him. We don't want to pay him. I mean, I go way back to when they didn't want to pay him. Uh, when Ditka said they throw around, uh, Halas throws around uh, nickels and dimes like sewer covers when there were nickels and dimes. So, uh, 
Okay, he was a tough one to lose, but we got a lot of young talent on this team, and you're right. He will be judged. Eberflus is the head coach, and he's a defensive guy. I think the thing that's always been in the back of my mind is that when they needed a game and he was with Indianapolis, they got smoked their last game of the season. And, Jacksonville, uh, yeah. Against Jacksonville. So, you know, that's a different ball game. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I, and I just I, I I try and teach myself that every year if you're if you're talking yourself into something, huh. if Javon Dexter, if Demarcus Walker, this rotating huh. cast, they're all gonna be fresh. Sometimes you get to week one and you go, oh my god, <laughs> oh my god, this is what we're looking at, and that that's probably my biggest fear right now is can we huh. even get off the field and are we gonna lose thirty five to thirty one, um, which might be entertaining football, but if I don't we know if put up if we put can put up thirty one points, okay, number one, I'll be happy. Yeah. If we're giving up uh, 300 plus yards a game, 350, 400 yards plus yards a game, and we're scoring 17 points a game, we're going to win three, four ball games. I mean, last year, I saw something on Twitter earlier, a buddy of mine, uh, Greg Gabriel, uh, scout. I mean, he got excited last year when the Bears started out fast, two and one, if you remember. And most people predicted them to win three games. And he says, hey, who in their right mind thinks the Bears are only going to win one more game? And they did. They won one and fourteen. Yeah. And Ten game losing streak later. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh so man, know. that that was a charmed that was a charm time beating beating those Texans and going to two and one. Um, yep. so it doesn't sound like that you are. Are, are, are you do you have any excitement for Bears futures at this time? You didn't mention the under, which I think is plus one hundred five right now. I just got back from Vegas, Mike, a couple of oh, days ago. How was I, it? I, I was good. I did sprinkle a little money. I I, I sprinkled yeah. a tiny. I, a couple pennies on twenty-five to one Justin Fields to win MVP, just because we call it payout. Jalen Hurts twenty-five to one. Come on, give and then, I might have put know. some on Burrow. I put some on Burrow too as well. But whatever. Anyway, you know what? You spread it out a little bit. There's, you put some. I don't know if you were real sure about it. You'd put more than couch change on it, but you said I'll put couch change. I think with the Bears, you got to put couch change. I don't think you yeah. can stick your neck out too much in any facet of the football team right now, whether it be offense, defense, or even special teams. Uh, we don't know much about what's going to happen this year. This is a mysterious team. I read glowing reports, but they're playing against each other or they're working out and they're in shape. We hear that. If you go to every NFL city, you'll hear the same talk about glowingly mm -hmm. or about stuff that, that we're doing right now. So there, everybody at this time thinks they're going to be a playoff team, no matter how bad or how good they were. Okay. Well, yeah, and that's uh, honestly that's a little bit of the beauty of the NFL, right? I mean, there yeah. are a couple of teams that stand head and shoulders above everyone else, but everyone else feels like on a week to week basis, oh, we got them on our schedule. We and then they look at their they oh we got well, the Bears on their schedule. Bear fans? I love Bear fans. They go over the schedule. Me and Dan Jiggis used to do it all the time. What about three <laughs> yeah. day? Win now, win, lost, win, win. They do the same thing in every other town, of course. And 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 what I love about Bear fans, or I'll give you one better. Uh, White Sox fans, you know, Oakland was coming up about two weeks ago, uh -huh. and uh, and 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 all the White Sox. Oh, now we got it. We can get we got get healthy. Oakland's when White Sox are in the same boat as a lot of other people. Bear fans are in the same boat as about twenty-two other NFL teams. Which one of the five or six, like the New York Giants last year, are going to surprise? And if the Bears are one of them, believe me, this town needs a surprise. We need a happy surprise. So let's see what happens. 
Uh, if you don't mind, I want to transition to baseball for just two minutes, yeah. and then I want to talk a little raging mouth with you. Sure. Uh, I put some I put some couch change on Cubs to win the NL Central plus eight fifty couch change again. Um, well, you're you're they, from Skokie, so that's like uh, <laughs> that that's like Cubsville. I mean, everybody talks about Wrigleyville. Let me tell you, growing up, we used to go to Skokie Twin Oaks Bowl back in the day. Me and my buddies would go over there. I'm a lot older than you are, but uh, Skokie was a lot of transplanted uh, Chicagoans, uh, mm-hmm. and it was it's Cubsville. It's Cubsville still to this day, so I don't blame you for that. And you know what? Why not? Why not? I mean, it could happen. We saw what happened with the Nationals. You saw what happened with the Phillies last year. They looked dead to rights, and then they come back and they get into the uh, World Series. When it comes to the White Sox, it's a rock and a hard place, right? I mean, look, we're not, we can't, I can't have this conversation of just sell the team because I think that's a non-starter. So if you're in the White Sox position right now, are, are you into a sell-off with Rick Hahn still at the wheel? Would you prefer them to stay pat and then move on from Rick Hahn? What do they do? It's, it's such a tough, frustrating inflection point for the organization right now. Well, I, I am on record many times over the last four years that I did not believe in the rebuild. Mm. Um, I never did. And I knew who was building. That's basically it. And, you know, in all difference, we did get a World Series from the White Sox. Uh, But Kenny Williams, uh, in my opinion, I think Kenny knows, I know that Kenny knows that he knows that I know he runs the baseball team. He runs the team. Rick Hahn does not run the team. If Rick Hahn wants to do anything, he's got to go ask Kenny Williams. Kenny Williams, uh, the, the the White Sox used the same uh, method that the Bulls do, uh, where you had uh, Reinsdorf, Pax, and Foreman, you know? Yep. Uh, you have Reinsdorf, Kenny Williams, Hahn. Gar Foreman never ran the Bulls. And Rick Hahn, he can't do anything without the two guys above him doing it. I think it's been a tough world for the White Sox. I think that their draft picks over the last 20 years have been horrible. Just absolutely disastrous. The fact that the front office <coughs> is still there. The crap that Jerry's loyal. Of course he is. We'll give him a job and something, something else to do in the organization. I'm not saying you fire anybody. Move him. Move him. I mean, to put him in the same spot and accept White Sox fans to run out there uh, when you're seeing what they told you was going to be a domination. They would dominate with this team. And I was also against, uh, uh, I wanted La Russa. I wanted La Russa. And I know that he made a couple mistakes, but I think he made them like walking a guy when they have a one and two. I think he actually had reasons for that because yeah. he knew what kind of team he had. But I'm not going to let him off the hook. But you don't go from Tony LaRusso to Pete Ravoyal. You don't do that. Because the Kansas City Royals had no interest in him. And he was their bench coach. Yet the White Sox go, we got to have him. <laughs> and he said the other day, we're not focused. We're not. This is all the manager's job. So I think it's a disaster. I don't think that the two guys at the top should ever judge, can't judge talent all that well. It's been proven. Uh, I'd rather see him go the free agent route, but they went uh, uh, low budget. They go low budget. They treat uh, the White Sox like a uh, a secondary team. They treat the White Sox like 
Chicago treats the White Sox, or like the nation treats the White Sox. We don't even list their 2005 World Series. So the White Sox are in a bad place in a bad spot right now. Uh, somebody said that uh, there's four untradeable guys. I said, I don't see. I don't see how Vaughn can not. You can't. How's Vaughn untradeable? I think the only guy you look at that's untradeable is Robert right now. Everybody else should be on there, including Dylan Cease, Vaughn, Eloy. Uh, Eloy can't run. My mother can run the first without getting hurt easier than he can, and she's 93. I don't know. I, I really relate with Eloy, right? I'm 39 years old. He has stuff that I deal with every day, right? I mean, <laughs> groin tightness from jogging. Um, I said sure. yesterday, Joe, I said, I said, he's got to be 40. He's got to be 40. Be, yeah. He was with Castro in the hills. He might be 59, 60, 70. He was, a, he was in the Dominican. He was in the Dominican. He owned a grocery store for the first 40 years of his life. He might be 60. Who knows? He's got unlimited. He's got power, but he can't run 90 feet. Yeah, well, there was the, who was it, the pitcher on the Indians? We found out that he was six years older than he actually was. Oh, or, or well, a lot of the young international players are, you know. Yeah. I mean, but but that's fine. I mean, bless him. Yeah, bless him. Go for it, right? I, I mean, think Abreu's older, older than he is. And by the way, he's starting to hit the ball now. But see, when they let Abreu go, because it was time to pay him. They let him go just like they let Burley go when it was time to pay him. Oh, yeah. Burley's done. Burley's done. He pitched four more years for Toronto. He won 44 games. Yeah. So every time it's time to pay one of their biggest, ah, uh, time to get Vaughn in. Now, Brayu's not having the year yet. He's starting to hit now, but the year yet that Houston expected, but they don't have to have a year from him. Has Vaughn replaced that 300 hitter we had. Abreu was right here. Adjusting to a new thing? Let's see what happens. But when they let him go, I said, that's it. You can't, that's one of your leaders. They don't have no leadership in the, in the clubhouse now. I mean, one of, I mean, I truly, I, I think what he did for the White Sox organization yeah. is, is a yeoman's, yeoman's work, right? Uh, I don't want to say the word iconic, but like he, he really deserved a lot more respect heading out the door. And it is Absolutely. funny too, that on a team that dealt with so many injuries to take one stable piece out of an, an unstable situation. doesn't really make it. Just doesn't make a whole lot of I'm sense. Hey baby. Yeah. Uh, they, they let go of Mark Burley. Guy had a perfect game. No hitter. They let him go. go. Yeah. Yeah. One of the best, I mean, yeah, probably one of, my favorite, one of my favorite White Sox. Time. One of my favorite yeah. White Sox of all time. Dan favorite. Bye-bye. Yeah. Pitches four more years. We got just a couple minutes here left with uh, with Mike North here on Belief and Bears talking on Sports Talk Chicago. We got to talk to you about the premiere of Raging oh. Mouth. Um, congratulations. Um, I can't wait to check it out. And I, I, I don't even need to see or hear too much, but I, tell, the, tell the good people about it a little bit because I can't wait to check it out. Well, I'm glad of that, number one. Number two, it's something I've wanted to do for the last uh, five, six, seven years. Get my story out because you hear stories uh, about, you know, what happened at the score, what happened, you know, now you're at ESPN, how did you get that? And, you know, uh, you were at Fox for six years. You're one of the few guys to ever work at all three networks. I mean, you mm -hmm. know, and and uh, the ESPN 1000 thing was uh, was working with Carmen now is wonderful. I'm winding down. I know I could work every day, but you know what? Nobody asked me. So I just do my one show and the thing's got to be, but everything's got to be right because I'm lazy. Now I play a little more golf played today. 
Uh, but it's a great, uh, it's from my from the beginning, it's up now on North to North, N-O-R-T-H, number two, N-O-R-T-H, dot com, um, North to North, not North to North.com. It's on North to North on my Twitter. It's on Spotify. It's on uh, YouTube. Uh, but you can get it on my Twitter. It's up right now, folks. Go to it. Follow me if you'd like. It's going to be five episodes. Eldo Gandia uh, is our producer, and he's the technician on this thing. He's put it together. Two-time Emmy winner. Worked for CBS. Was a big shot on show and PR for McDonald's. My wife, Bebe, who's a, uh, an Emmy winner herself for our TV shows that we did uh, on Channel 2 back in the day. She's the executive producer with me. And uh, I'm telling the true story and how it started and how bad things were for me and uh, how things got better and story about me and my wife and Adam Rifkin is taking this. And the reason I did this, Joe, is because we had written the script and sent it to Adam Rifkin, and uh, who's a wonderful director. Chicago. I, I, I know him. I've worked with him. Really? Yeah, I've worked with him. him uh, I worked with him on a Showtime series um, called Meet the Warwicks in 2011. I remember uh, that. He, that series. Cast, yeah, he cast me on the show. I was. Uh, oh, I, I wait till I talk to him because I yeah, just yeah. talked to him the last week. Yeah, I know him through. Uh, I know him through Odenkirk and Chris Witowski, yeah. and I was John Barinholtz. They're they're family related and everything, so that's wonderful. Yeah. We have oh, we have a connector. Yeah. I, I in fact I I looked at Ike to play me because uh, <laughs> nice that'd be great. Because I got, I was like 42 when I broke in to the business. Mm -hmm. I wasn't 22. So it's stories, talk about my life. And uh, there's going to be a lot of bonus cuts because, you know, we're doing five half hour to hour episodes. And uh, there's just too much, um, you know. And so there'll be stuff on my, on movies and music. But the, the, the score story and everything else, it, it, it's the beginning today. Uh, from from uh, my being born to uh, making it through high school and stuff like that. And that's up at North to North. And I want to thank Raul Jewelers right there on Hoffman Estates and Barrington Road. Uh, it was quite an expensive undertaking. And they said, we'll do it. Uh, they're all fans of, of mine and fans of what we can do. So I'm very thrilled about it, very excited about it. And I thank everybody. And I hope everybody goes to it. Oh, I can't wait to check it out. I, yeah. I I can't recommend it to the people watching to check it out enough because wait till I talk to Adam. Yeah, I love that. I love that so much. He's such a great guy. He was so yeah. amazing. Chicago guy. That's Chicago right. guy. You know and, why uh, I picked him? I I mean, I don't know if Adam's going to end up doing it or not. That's the plan. But you know how yeah. movies are. All right, there's ten. Oh, I I, I read in the old days. Oh, Joan. Uh, you know uh, what's her name was supposed to do it. Uh, um. You know, Joan Blondell was supposed to do it, but then Joan Crawford was going to do it, and or this guy was going to direct it. John Hawks was going to, but then, I mean, so the plan is that he'll do it, and it's wild that you got that connection. So if we end up doing the movie, you're in it, hell with it. Oh baby, oh wow, look yeah. at this opportunities. We're making deals here. Yeah, I this studied is acting. I studied acting under William Macy. Oh uh, wow. Yep. I studied at the St. Nicholas Theater Company, which then became Steppenwolf, and David Mamet was my teacher, one of the oh great screenwriters. David uh, taught me for a year, taught me in a classroom of people for a year uh, on a second floor, body politic, on the second floor, Lincoln Avenue by Fullerton. And uh, boy, you talk about a, a serious dude, it, David Mamet. Who's uh, who wrote the screenplays for American Buffalo and, and he original cast of Glengarry Glenn Ross, Glengarry Glenn Ross, J, J, J T Walsh, Joe Montana, 
yes. uh, Robert Prosky and John Tolkien. Yeah, and even the movie was great with those guys. It had more oh, power incredible. with different guys. But I, I mean, the fact that I was studying, and then I see William Macy years later doing Sea Biscuit and doing, yeah. you know, and 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 you know, I wanted to be the next Steve McQueen. These guys, they actually started this this theater, and they got their way in. I, I I'm so proud I studied under the guy. People can't can't believe it. I go, yeah, I studied under David Mamet and William Macy, who was one of the teachers at the time. That's abs- That's incredible. And I, 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 and, <laughs> I, and, gonna I and I just be, that's going to be in the bonus or in the in 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 in, in, in one of the episodes. Yeah, I, well, well, yeah, you know tell, tell Rifkin to get on the phone. Get William H. Macy in there. Maybe do a little, uh, try, a little guest I'll star appearance. My, he was hey, called well, William Macy back then. He's a little more serious now. Yeah. God bless. <laughs> there you go. Like, kind of my final one for you is, and I, I'm so curious about this. I, I kind of wanted to go back a little bit because sure. what, what I love about not just, like, following your career and enjoying what uh-huh. you've been able to bring to the Chicago sports scene is that like you know a lot of times we like to throw around like you know he's a guy who's like a voice of the people he's the voice of the people but 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 mike i truly feel like that you've been able to encapsulate that in your life and i wanted to just ask you when you think about going back to bb's hot dog stand mm-hmm. you know what comes to mind at that point in your life because it seems like not only i mean look i i've worked in the service industry right actor big surprise i work in the service industry i understand what it's like day in and day out you know, what are the memories that come back at that time? Because that must have been a really interesting point, a pivotal point that obviously changed your career. But, you know, you came literally from the streets of Chicago into a microphone, you know, and I don't think everyone else gets to say that. I brokered time at uh, WSBC because I asked the WXRT people used to come in my my hot dog stand. And I think now I'd still be owning the hot dog stand. I, I had three of them and I had carts and couple of the parks, I'd still be doing it uh, had I not gotten this terrific lottery break. That's what it was to me, winning the lottery. And um, I got to know them and they told me, I said, you know, one time there was a guy, Bob Birdie was going to be off WXRT for Athletes Feet, which was a sports feature in the morning. And uh, Tom Pachorik was going to do it. And I said to the, Norm Weiner, who was a producer, for, uh, was the program director at the time. I said, Norm, let me do athlete's feet. He goes, who? You're nobody. Nobody knows who you are. What are you talking about? Well, how does people know who I am? They go, and they gave me a broker time. So I went to 300 bucks an hour of my own money. When I got advertising for it, people like that came into my stand, paid for that. I ended up making, I had a list in the Sun-Times and I brokered time for three years, 300 bucks, taped it on, taped it on a Saturday morning, played it on Saturday night on uh, 1240. I'd lose it on 53 when I went, uh, when I would go, once I hit 53 going west, I'd have to turn around so I could hear it because it was a small wattage. And uh, then I read they were going to have a sports station. I mean, not a sports station, a jazz station. WXRT's owner was going to buy a jazz station. Oh, yeah. And they came in, Danny Lee, I said, don't do that. You can't start a jazz station. Well, we already bought the letters, WJZZ. And I read it in Rob Peters' account. I go, you got to start a sports station. Start a sports station. And he said, well, he says, we're going to do music. We don't know anything about sports. And he left after I tried to talk him into it. That weekend, he bought the Tribune in the Sun-Times, Sunday edition, this thick back in the day. He went to the entertainment section. 
jazz, country, rock and roll, you know. And he counted the advertisements. He counted four or five decent advertisements. Then he went to the sports section, counted 40 of them in the trib, 35 in the Sun-Times. That Monday they <laughs> meet, he says, we're starting a sports station. They said, you're going to listen to that goofy hot dog guy? He goes, you're damn right I, I am. And he says, well, we don't know anything about sports. He goes, we better learn. And Dan Lee put together one of the great lineups of all time in sports radio history. I still believe the score from 92 to, I, I think the, the next, uh, for, for decades, has been one of the dominant sports stations in the country. And when I listened to the Cubs, and I was told I wouldn't last six months in there with the station, and I listened to the Cubs on WSCR, I say, I did that. I did that. Yeah. <laughs> did you did you know right away? I mean, like, how, you know, obviously we talk about reps and, we, you know, when you start to feel like I find my voice, um, how long do you feel like that it took? And, and you know, when, when, when do you feel like it clicked for you personally, maybe not in line with, like, the success? People started firing on me. Oh, really? When the papers started firing me. When Chet mm. Topic said that I wouldn't last six months, I was the 10th rate a hot dog stand owner. I'm on to I love Chet. I used to yeah. listen to Chet, but Chet wanted no part of me. Um, was sort of insulting to me, but I, me and Chet became friends after. I never hold no grudges in business. I don't. Uh, I could sue six different companies right now if I wanted to. I don't sue nobody. I like my money. All you do is spend money and make lawyers for the lawyers. There's always another sunshine, sun coming up somewhere else. And I always mm. believed that in myself. And I believed in my talent. But people didn't believe in me. I was a high school dropout. I think that basically, and if you want to, I was uh, by the mainstream media. This sounds familiar? The mainstream media, uh, the swamp, if you will, did not like some loudmouth high school dropout dictating policy and how sports were going to be. But that's how it turned out for us in that station. Talented group of individuals, great producers. Plus the lineup of Tom Shearer, Jigginson North, and uh, uh, Boris uh, McNeil, Mike Murphy. The producers were Jesse Rogers. I mean, Jonathan Hood was a was a, a, a backup, uh, was a sub back then. I mean, we had Fred Hubner. We had mm. great people, just a great station, and uh, great times. Made nothing but money, nothing but friends, and we were the number one. I think after the Bulls of the early nineties. With Jordan and them, the score was the number two franchise in Chicago, easily. We took over everything, as far as media was concerned. Wow. Well, they said goofy. Did I sound like I love that? that love it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. I mean, look, they used to call you goofy hot dog guy, but now they call yep. you Chicago oh, broadcast all legend. The time, Mike North. All the time. I'll go back to the hot I bet I had a guy tell me the other day, go back to the hot dog stand. Like, I still got it. I wish I did. I don't know these prices for hot dogs. I don't know. Maybe, maybe uh, think no, about I saw, it. Listen, I got out. I go, my God, I couldn't even do this. I go, I'll give you a sliver of beef on a big piece of bread. Just be, and I'll charge you the same price. I can't charge you $18. Yeah. Out <laughs> of line. Mike, you've done enough. Just keep them in the fairway. Mike right, North, so thank you so much. Best, <laughs> thank you so much for hopping on to Believe in Bears. Uh, his project is now Raging Mouth, available on Spotify, YouTube, I think pretty much wherever you can get your podcast or check out any other kinds of content. Highly recommend it. I can't wait to check it out myself. Right, uh, spanning the wonderful career of Mike North. Thank you so much for coming on. I uh, hope to have you back soon. Be well, and it's such a pleasure to meet you. 
Wait till I talk to Adam Rifkin. I oh, say hello. I will, buddy. Thanks. <laughs> Have a great day. Today's episode of Believe in Bears was presented by BetOnline.ag. Promo code Believe, B-L-E-A-V, to get 50% off your first deposit. Thank you so much for checking us out on YouTube, listening to us on SiriusXM, and wherever you get your podcasts. Everyone, be well, be safe. Please be good to each other. We'll be back with another episode soon. And remember, even if it's the summer, you should still bear down. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.